Welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Christmas. Welcome to Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church on this third day of Christmas. My name is Derek Starr Redwine. I'm the interim pastor here at the church. I hope each of you 
those of you here today, those of you listening on the radio and watching on the live stream, I hope each of you had a meaningful and safe and joyous Christmas. Our apologies for the cold temperatures in the sanctuary today. The boiler broke a little bit and we are awaiting a part that should arrive on Monday morning. Thank you for your patience and thank you all to all the volunteers who took time out this holiday season to problem solve the issue. Thank you for your service to the church. Now let us continue our worship of God with the call to worship. We gather to glorify you, O God, through our faith, our worship, and all that we do. Please join with me in the call to worship as printed in the bulletin. When Jesus is born to Mary and Joseph, God is there. When Jesus is presented at the temple, God is there. When Simeon holds Jesus in his arms, God is there. When Anna recognizes Jesus in the temple, God is there. This very morning, God is here. In the future we cannot see, God is there. Let us worship God. Please join me in listening to the first and last stanzas of hymn number 158, Angels We Have Heard on High, as printed in the Presbyterian Hymn Book. Once again, welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church at 1627 Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. This is the 97th year of radio ministry at Grace Covenant, and today's broadcast is number 4,971. Today's date is December 27, 2020. This morning's sermon, entitled A Word, will be delivered by Reverend Derek Starr Redwine, our interim pastor. Assisting in the service today are our director of music and organist, Christopher Martin, our liturgist, Rusty Stadler, and our choristers, Stephanie Auld, Audrey Christensen, Aaron Cook, and Dan Cook. Our opening hymn is Angels We Have Heard on High, stanzas one and four, which is number 158 in the hymn. Trusting in God's love for each one of us and for all of creation, please join me in the prayer of confession as printed in your bulletin and for a time of silent confession that follows. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, on this third day of Christmas, 
as another year draws to a close, we come together before you and with one another, confessing the ways in which we have been caught up in the confusion and anxiety of our time and turned away from your spirit of peace. The times we have focused too much on our own lives, that we have neglected the voices of your children. In our focus on making the season perfect for us, we have turned away from the hurting people and broken places in our world in need of healing. O holy child of Bethlehem, word become flesh, our Savior and King, hear us as we humbly pray, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. Hear the good news of Christmas. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In the name of this child, I declare your sins are forgiven. Know this and be at peace. Alleluia and Amen. Let us pray. Startle us, O God, with your truth. Open our hearts and our minds to your wondrous love. Speak your word to us. Silence in us any voice but your own. And be with us now as we turn our attention, our minds, and our hearts to you. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes to us from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 10 through chapter 62, verses 1 through 3. This passage focuses on hope for both individuals and communities, and a reminder that God refuses to let rubble have the last word. 
Listen now to God's word for you and for me. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The word of the Lord.
Today's New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of John, the opening words of John's Gospel. Listen again for God's word to you and me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almost 50 years ago, the astronauts of the Apollo 17 spacecraft took a photograph of the Earth that came to be known as the Blue Marble. You probably know the picture. It has been on the image, it's been an image of the environmental movement from the beginning, reproduced countless times on posters, t-shirts, flags, and coffee mugs. The blue marble was one of the first images of Earth taken from space, and its clarity and its beauty forever changed the way we conceive of our planet and of our place in the universe. All these years later, it is still a haunting, humbling, awe-inspiring image. All qualities one could ascribe to the beginning of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and this Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Unlike the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, John does not use people or events to begin the story of the Incarnation. John does not tell of a young pregnant girl and her fiancé or paint a picture of shepherds in a field with angels singing. John does not talk of astronomers following an unusually bright star in the sky or of a manger for a bed. John's beginning is not confined by time or space. John's beginning is the beginning, the beginning of the universe, the beginning of all there is. 
And with his timeless words, John reminds us that the very first beginning and every beginning since has been and always will be about God with us. In a Christmas article solicited by the New York Times, but ultimately considered too theological to run, writer Frederick Buechner asked the question, how? How is God with us? Yes, Christmas is a celebration of Emmanuel, God with us, but how is this God with us, and what, what does it all mean? According to Buechner, the claim that Christianity makes at Christmas is that at a particular time and place, God came to be with us. When Quirinius was governor of Syria in a town called Bethlehem, a child was born. The one who inhabits eternity comes to dwell in time. The one whom none can look upon and live is delivered in a stable under the soft, indifferent gaze of cattle. The Father of all mercies puts himself at our mercy. Buechner goes on, For those who believe in the transcendence and total otherness of God, this radically diminishes him. For those who do not believe in God, this is the ultimate absurdity. And for those who stand somewhere between belief and unbelief, this challenges credulity in a new way, testing humankind's whole view of what is possible and real. Year after year, the ancient tale of what happened is told raw, preposterous, and holy. And year after year, the world in some measure stops to listen. To me, this is one of the most remarkable things about Christmas. Every year, no matter what's going on, it causes the world to stop and listen. Even if we only stop after a ridiculous flurry of activity as we try to meet the cultural demands of the season, even if by the time Christmas arrives, we are too tired to do anything but be still, even if Christmas falls in a year like this one, when our normal and beloved patterns have been disturbed and disrupted, every year, it seems, by some grace, Christmas has the power to hold humanity still, even if just for a moment. This is, after all, what we sing about in so many of our carols, I think. Silent night, holy night, all is calm and all is bright. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Or let all mortal flesh keep silence. Christmas awakens in us an inclination we have to hold still, to pause, and to listen. This is what inspired the Christmas truce over a hundred years ago on a Christmas Eve on the miserable blood-soaked battlefields of World War I, when soldiers all along the front put down their weapons and reclaimed their humanity and sang and talked and traded gifts with the enemy. And this is what I believe inspires us in a time of intense political polarization and relentless pandemic fatigue to 
pause for a moment and have hope. The world slows down a bit at Christmas. For a moment, we actually look and feel like that blue marble of a planet hanging in space, appearing to all the universe like a world utterly quiet and calm and peaceful. And when we finally come to this moment and take that deep breath and listen, I mean really listen, what do we hear? We hear the haunting, humbling, and awe-inspiring mystery that begins everything. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and lived among us. In a Christmas special of the British TV drama Call the Midwife, the young couple's about to have their first baby, but strangely, they are less concerned about the baby than they are about the father-to-be. You see, he fought for the British in Korea and came home afflicted with what we now call post-traumatic stress disorder. The father-to-be in the story suffers from terrible nightmares and flashbacks, loud, unexpected noises, never a good thing for a parent, (laughs) send him into episodes of severe anxiety that can last for days. As his young wife goes into labor, one of the midwives, perhaps trying to distract her from her labor pains, she asks the mother-to-be about her husband's episodes. It gets him every now and then, the young wife says. Malaria can bring it on or bad things happening, we manage. You really understand him, don't you, says the midwife. He understands me, the wife responds. We do do nice things together, always did ever since we met dancing, except when he went to Korea. I always think if I could have gone, if it had been me too, I could have shared the things that hurt him. And then I could share the things that hurt him now. The pain would be halved. That's what sharing does. That's what love does. Whatever else John's beginning teaches us, may it first be this. In every moment, in every circumstance, no matter what, God is with us sharing our pain that it may just be a fraction easier to bear, and sharing our joy that it may be just a fraction more joyful. And despite the fact that the Word was with God at the beginning of all things, this miracle of a God with us is actually a fairly subtle thing. God with us looks a lot like an unusually bright star, a pinprick of light in the night sky, or shepherds, standing in a field, or wise ones making a journey, or a pregnant young woman tired and waiting, or a healthy baby sleeping the deep sleep of a newborn, tired out after his journey from womb to world. The incarnation teaches us that God is with us in all things from the mundane to the extraordinary. And it seems to experience this with us God, all we have to do is hold still 
and honor the power of space and silence, not unlike what we do at Christmas. We live in a time of so much noise. We are always plugged in, it seems, to something. So many voices and sounds and images bombard us each and every moment of each and every day. We are drowning in words when what we need is the word, Emmanuel, to break through the din to remind us what is most true. Well, what if, what if the quietness of Christmas, when we hold our candles and stare into its flickering flame and that shared silence following the last carol, what if that moment, like God, is available to us whenever we stand in awe of this little blue marble and the God who set it on its course? The God who was there at the beginning and in that lowly manger and on that cross that lies ahead. That God who is here with us now. I'm no prognosticator, but I I know it's going to be a noisy year. Full of talking heads and pesky prophets. So I invite you to make time each day in the coming year, make some time each day for Christmas. Which is to say, make time each day to stand in awed silence, to gaze upon this amazing world and the Savior who holds it even as he is cradled in his mother's arms. Make time each day for the wonder of Christmas so you might receive the word we most need to hear. Emmanuel, God with us at the beginning of all things. Amen. Please join me in listening to the first and last stanzas of hymn 159, What Child Is This? You are listening to the live broadcast of a worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. You have just heard this morning's sermon entitled, A Word, which was delivered by Reverend Derek Starr Redwine, our interim pastor. Our second hymn is, What Child Is This?, which is number 159 in the hymn.
Please stand as you are able. Now join with me as we profess our faith together by reciting the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. As you move through the final days of Christmas into a new year, I would ask that you keep in your prayers this week a few people in the church that could use your support and love, specifically the family of Mary Whitley. As she enters, nears the end of her life, please pray for her family, for wit, as they surround her with love and care at this time. Also, would ask you to think of and pray for anyone you know who has lost a loved one in the past year. As you know, holidays can be hard when there's an empty place at the table for the first time. So think of those in the church in your own life. And take a moment, carve out some time to lift up their names to God. And lastly, of course, keep praying for the medical workers on the front line of this pandemic who put themselves at risk for our own health and safety. Let us pray. We come to adore you, little one, on bended knee with hopeful hearts and eyes stretched wide with wonder and awe. The gentleness of your gaze draws us into the mystery of all that lies beyond. And in that place of falling into joy, we yield all that we are to you. And we pray. We pray for those who are broken, for those who seek, for those trembling and the rumbling tummies. We pray for the haggard spirits and the ragged lives, for those who cling to the last best thing and those whose hearts pine for love and acceptance. We pray, O oh God, for those whose lives are full of violence and fear, for those who care for the ill, and for those who grieve and worry this holiday. We pray for family far away, for loved ones we miss. And we pray for those brothers and sisters on the streets of our city who fight through the cold of this season. We pray for this church, 
for its ministry and mission, for its future, and for all those who seek refuge in its warmth. Bless us, O Lord, whom we adore, and turn our faces ever toward you. For peace, for mercy, for the sake of all that is holy, we come to adore you, O Christ. And in your great mercy, hear this prayer. In the prayer we were taught to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we wrap up 2020, I want to take a moment to thank all of you for your support of the church during this unprecedented year. Your generosity of time and talent and treasure is invaluable to this community of faith and to the communities it serves. So thank you for your generosity. As the calendar year comes to an end, I want to encourage you to submit your year-end donations by December 31st. Since the office is officially closed during the pandemic, I encourage you to mail your year-end gifts in or to call the church office and set up a time we can schedule a drop-off of your gift. Thank you for all the ways you've been generous. Also, I want to encourage those who've pledged in the past but have not yet submitted a pledge for the coming year to do so as soon as possible so leadership can begin to plan and budget accordingly. God has been generous to us. We respond in gratitude, trusting that God multiplies all of our gifts. Thank you for all the ways you give.
us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for all the generosity you've shown to us. Receive these gifts we bring this morning and the gift of our very selves. Use them to further your kingdom of love, justice, and peace. We ask all this in your Son's name. Amen. Please be seated. Please join me in listening to the first and last stanzas of hymn number 40, Joy to the World. It's easy in this gorgeous space on this cool, crisp morning, even inside. It's easy to stand and worship in awed silence as we contemplate all that God has done and all that God is doing. But out there in the world, the noisy, noisy world that takes intention and courage and commitment. So this is my charge to you and to me. Be silent. Listen. And believe. Believe for the word has become flesh. Believe for God has become one of us. Believe for love is born in each of us. It is as the prophet said, the quiet but powerful blessing of Christmas, of family, of friends, and of God is with us today. Alleluia and amen.
Before signing off, we would like to acknowledge and thank all of those who donated to the American Red Cross Blood Drive that was held here at the church on Saturday, December the 19th. The drive was fully subscribed, so thank you very much.
For the past hour, you have been listening to the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Please join us again next Sunday through our radio ministry or in our sanctuary at 1627 Monument Avenue. Your announcer today has been John Harris, and the engineer was Steve Kemp. This service streams live and can be accessed through the Grace Covenant website, which is grace-covenant.org. We now return you to Christian Talk Radio on WLES, 590 on your AM dial and 97.7 on your FM dial.